Wow, we got some singers out there. Wow, praise the Lord. Are we on? You are on. Okay. All right. Hey, it's great to be with you tonight. Great to have everyone in the room coming with one objective, that's to get to know the Lord. Amen? It's awesome. It's a Thursday night. Everyone having a good week? All right. That's an overwhelming response there. Okay, maybe I'll stop asking questions. I was just thinking, we were talking with Pastor Dennis on the way here, and just I, I love the language of faith that our team has and just you gathering, sacrificing. It's really not a sacrifice, is it? It's like we're coming to really worship and get to know the Lord. And I just love gathering together in faith. Isn't it beautiful? We just don't know what the next verse will do to us. We don't know what the next song. That was a great song tonight, wasn't it? The, uh, that's, that second song, what was that? A Mighty Fortress, a mighty fortress is Our God. Yeah, so I was kind of quickened too while we were praying. It's just, let's not limit God, amen? We're coming in faith. God loves faith. Not the amount of faith, but the quality of our faith. So I want to talk about that tonight a little bit from Matthew 8. All right, precious Father, thank you, God. We just worship you tonight. We just uh, concentrate on your word, which is the highest form of worship, and uh, really just give us a personal word for everyone here tonight. Just thank you, Lord, for these faithful saints. Lord, we pray for Saturday. Just breathe on that concert and our contacts. We pray that through that event, people will be added to the church. Yes. Uh, we pray that through that event, you will add to us uh, something personal. Uh, you don't need... We don't really need events, but we just ask that you would be glorified and draw people. And just those that are seeking, like like Dave today said, that that they'd find, find what they're looking for. Even if they don't know what they're looking for, they'd find you. And uh, we bless your name, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Matthew chapter 8. And um, hi, Les. Good to see you. Hey, Les. Yeah. Joe? All right, good. I got the back row. All right, that's good. All right, I want to talk. I love this theme about the encounter, encountering God. Isn't that amazing? Just love this thought. And in Matthew chapter 8, we see something very special. And I want us to think tonight about faith, but maybe not in the way that we're thinking of it. Uh, But let me just read this story. This is so good. So he heals the leper. And I love this question in verse uh, verse 2. Lord, if you're willing. How many have prayed like that before? (laughs) Lord, I really want this, but if you're willing, if it's your will, right? What a great thing to say to God. Lord, you could veto this my greatest desire, and I'd be okay with it because I want your will. That's a dangerous way to pray because he may not answer your prayer, 
the way you think. And I don't want God to answer the prayers that I'm not supposed to have answered. Amen. <laughs> so, so look at this. Jesus says, I am willing be cleansed in verse 3. And immediately, don't you love answered prayer? Yeah. Not every prayer is answered immediately that we know of. He hears it immediately. But God's, God's answer might not be realized for a while. In this case, it was immediately. Maybe, it, maybe his delay would show us that he has not denied or his delays are not, our, not his denials, right? So when you pray in 1 John 5.15, God hears your prayer every time. Every time. Isn't that good? And don't be discouraged if uh, your prayer is answered differently. It'll probably be answered better, right? I'd rather God answer my prayer than me answer my prayer, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Right? God, I really want this. I really want this. And all of a sudden, we're manipulating events. And God answer, or allows that to happen but sends leanness to my soul. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous proposition. But, I, but look at this. You know, I love this in verse 5. Um, so we see this, this chapter here. But look, let's look at verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, notice that, pleading with him. When was the last time we prayed like that? Honestly, I don't want to make you like introspective tonight, but pleading, that's a very powerful word. Like he was begging God, okay? Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. And that's really the three words I want to share tonight. And my servant will be healed. Not maybe, right? There is no doubting here. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this one, go, and he goes, and another says, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he doth that. And Jesus heard this and marveled and said to those who followed, and this is an amazing statement, as assuredly I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, not even all of Israel. He goes on to, we know the story, he goes on, and what does he do? He speaks the word, and in that selfsame hour, that servant is resurrected, that servant is touched, that servant is healed. But I want to focus for a minute on the centurion's approach the centurion's approach and uh, what we look at in this these verses speak the word I want you to think about that there are three things that came to my mind when I read those words okay first of all he recognized who he was talking about talking to right when we pray it's a it's a beautiful exercise to recognize who we're talking to. Even when we worship tonight, who we're singing unto. Uh, you know, by way of illustration, I remember in the Ukraine, we had, we had a beautiful singing group there, and my wife and I were missionaries there for a bunch of years, and we came into a season where our, our, um, our worship band was arguing one with another. They were fighting about what songs to sing and why weren't we singing the songs that they wanted to sing and 
there was just like this argumentative and, and bickering. And I thought, oh, God, because it's tough dealing with, uh, you know, the worship group sometimes, you know. I mean, you guys are saints, right? But there can be warfare in, in worship, right? Yeah. There really can be. Because worship, worshipers went out before the warriors. So worship is very critical in a church because it prepares the atmosphere to receive the word of God. And I remember the Lord just kind of prompting my spirit, saying, I want, I want the worship team to pray equivalent to how much they practice. And I thought, wow, I don't know if they're... I, don't, I said, I don't know if they're going to go with that. So, the, so I, had, I had this worship leader who was just frazzled because he couldn't get people together. So I said to him, I said, listen, I said, take your team and pray to the equivalent of how much you practice. I said, right now, how much do you practice? Oh, we practice about two hours. I said, then that's how much I'm suggesting you pray. So that's a little daunting. But he took that back to the, to the team, <laughs> and uh, it was a little hard to swallow at first, but he worked on it, and she worked on it, and they began to pray, and actually they began to pray eventually more than they practiced. And over a six-month period of time, honestly, God transformed our music ministry. And it's because at one point they forgot who they were pra praising, it was all about them. And prayer put the paradigm back in the right place. It put Christ in the right place. And it's amazing. Our group, uh, I mean, honestly, I saw the anointing increase. I saw people uh, sacrificial and very, very much serving one another. And that whole bickering spirit left. Isn't that great? I mean, that's a great practice. And I, I feel like... Uh, we have, uh, yeah, absolute unity, absolutely. But um, so prayer is very powerful. So three things I'd like us to consider about the centurion. Okay, here's a man of power, man of authority, a man that is submitted under authority, but he realized several things about the Lord. Number one, he realized that there was no distance to answered prayer. God could say the word, and there was an instant impact. There was no distance. Have you ever prayed for something or thought about something and it looked impossible? It looked, uh, it looked like it could not happen naturally, right? Pastor Shabelli said something very interesting this week. He said, he said, we talk about addictions, but there's one addiction that the flesh, that it's, it, that's in all of us. And it's addicting, it's being addicted to natural thinking natural thinking the natural mind right brings up all the the impossibilities the obstacles the reasons why it can't happen the centurion said say the word I believe in who you are and if you choose to do it I will praise you but if you do not do it I will still praise you there was no distance in his faith he was in the moment with God. Isn't that interesting? That's a great, that's a great point. Number two, there was no obstacle. Hebrews 11:6. he believed that God was who he said he was and that nothing was impossible with him in Luke 1:37, What a great way to pray. I think of through the Gospels how many times God answered prayer, right? 
How many, how many, what's, what's an example of God answering prayer? Real quick, what's, a, what's an answer of prayer in the Gospels? Shout out, shout out a few to me. Good, good, very good. I didn't understand that. What's that? Okay, examples in the Gospels. The withered hand, right? He stretched forth the withered hand. Anybody else? Yes, good, I was thinking of that. Raising of Jairus' daughter, good. Anybody else? Okay, covered that, good. Healing of the lepers, good. Healing of the palsy, good, yes, Dave. So God is interested in healing, right? Does it happen all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, they maybe go home to be with the Lord, but in his timing, right. Security, deal with that man in the second row. No. <laughs> okay, so no obstacle is too great for God, amen? All right, third thing. No need is too great for God. There's nothing too small or too large, right? This man was pleading, God, please heal my servant. Please heal my servant. We don't know much about the servant, but it meant a lot to this centurion. All right? So I want us to consider something here. Hebrews chapter 10. The centurion had confidence. He had hope. Now, what is special about hope? Okay, wow. All right, so, so think about hope for a minute. Hope is an expectation from God. It's an expectation, a confident expectation in God's faithfulness. I want you to catch that tonight, okay? Don't, don't think about what you're thinking about. Just think about what we're talking about. Okay? Hope is a confident expectation in God's faithfulness. Not in your faithfulness. Not in my faithfulness. Not in everything going the way I want it to go. But hope is a, a confident expectation in God's faithfulness. So the centurion had a lot of power in those words. Just speak the words. Lord, if you're willing. I love that. He was totally surrendered to God. A, a, a confident expectation. Well, before we read Hebrews 10, look at Hebrews 11 for a minute. Think about this in verse 1. Faith. Okay, faith. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. Okay? I want to stress that tonight. Maybe you have a little bit of faith. God is saying that's all you need. Because I am the source. And the quality, <laughs> I can do all things through Christ. Amen? So look at this. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's read Hebrews 11.1 1 together. Okay? Okay? Faith. I want to give you some verses tonight to help us think about who God is. When we pray, the God that made the heavens and the earth, the God that breathed into the dust and created man, created a living soul, the God who knows the name of every person on the planet, the God who 
spoke and the stars were in existence. And there are innumerable stars, but each one has a song. Each one has a name. It's incredible. So our God, and this is what was special about the centurion. He, did, he knew who he was talking about, the Messiah. And his faith was not in the answer, but his faith was in the person. Okay? Big difference, right? All right, let's look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's read it together. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay? It's the substance of things hoped for. It is a confident expectation in the faithfulness of God. Okay? So if God chooses not to answer prayer, or if he chooses to answer prayer, if he answers it our way, or if he doesn't answer it our way, what is it? We have a confident expectation. Is our prayer in vain? It is not. Because it's building in our life faith. Faith. Believing him. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, that's an interesting statement. Hope, is hope a strategy? No, it really isn't. Is there any evidence to hope? I'm hoping that, I, that God um, builds a church in, in Frederick. It, I mean, is that evidence? Is that, is that like something we can hang our hat on? No, no, no. God is going and is building his church. In each one of us, he's building people, and our hope is in him, right? That's the substance. The substance is his faithfulness, right? Okay? It's the evidence of things, okay, read with me, the evidence of things not seen. Do you see the paradox here? Evidence of things not seen. Like, usually evidence is seen, right? Right? Okay, I've got a tongue twister for you tonight. You ready? <clears throat> a, a, a gentleman told me this a while ago, and I, I liked it. Okay, you ready? Yeah. The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Let me say it again. The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. That's good, isn't it? Just because we don't see it happening doesn't mean God is not present. Right? God is present. Just because the evidence is not seen, it doesn't mean he's not working. It's good, isn't it? It's, it's deep. It's a deep thought. So when we pray, our hope is in him. It's not in the answer. Our hope is in his faithfulness and not getting what I want. God is not an ATM. God is not a vending machine. My son loves the vending machine. We go to the church and I have to like avoid the vending machine, right? Because <clears throat> we always go into the vending machine. We put in our money and something comes out. God is not like that. We don't rub his belly and all of a sudden he's like <laughs> spitting out fortunes, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense, but here we go. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10. Let's turn over for a minute. <clears throat> so, the quality of our faith. We have a confident expectations. Okay, so look at this in Hebrews chapter 10. I want to show you something here in verse 35 and 36. <clears throat> but before I read this, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
Okay? Now, we can be addicted to sight. We can be addicted to the natural way of thinking. We can be addicted to cause and effect. God is saying faith is so much higher. Faith sees God. Faith sees God. So stay with me tonight. I, I want to really kind of unpack this. Are you all right? Yes, stay with me. Because I think this is worth our, our attention. One translation says this. We walk in wonder and not in what we can understand. I think it's the New Living Translation. We walk in wonder and not in what we can understand. Pastor De Dennis prayed it tonight. We don't know what's coming down the pike. So we must have this conviction of faith knowing that I hath not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. Why are we in Frederick? We're in Frederick by faith, building with you, gathering together a spiritual community to grow and know God and to fall in love with our Bibles, right? we got a thousand things we could be doing, but this is of highest priority. It's highest priority. Why? Because this is, this is how we will stand in the day of adversity. And we're there. We're there. So what, is, what, are, what are we saying tonight? Okay. All right. Hebrews 10.35. Notice this. I want to give you, I, I got a kind of a, a couple thoughts I want to really provoke you with tonight. Uh, notice this. Uh, 10, 10.23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful, full of faith. God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? Okay. Uh, he goes on to say here in verse 35, Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance or patience so that after you have done the will of God what is the will of God what is the will of God what's the will of God it's to believe it's to believe right John 6 that, that that's that's an important point we must believe that he is able to do it right and after there's endurance and patience, that after you've done the will of God, you have received the promise. So think of the centurion. He's pleading. He is intentional. He is direct. He is uh, in the. He's in Christ's face. We could say. You know what he had? I'll tell you what he had. Here's a big word that I love. I'm trying to teach my son this word. Anticipation. He had anticipation. We're in a day and age where everything is instant. Gimme, 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 gimme. And there's no waiting, right? Right? The centurion had anticipation. He had to wait. He had to endure, right? God may have you wait and endure. And guess who benefits? You do. I do. Right? Right? 
in the marriage, in the relationship. God, say the word. Say the word. I believe you. I believe not in the end result. I believe in who you are right now. I believe who you are right now. This could transform our prayer lives. I know I want to grow in my prayer life. I love our times of prayer here, by the way. There's so much power when, a, when the weakest believer is on their knees. It scares the devil. It makes him shake. Why? Because we have a confident expectation. Isn't that good? All right. So he had anticipation. Number two, he was waiting on God. Waiting on God. He wasn't waiting on the answer. He was waiting on God. Lord, just say the word. Okay, just say the word. Just say the word. His confidence was in and his hope was in God. But look what Hebrews says here. Do not cast away your confidence. You know how easy that is? How easy is that? It's natural. It's very easy. How easy? How many people think it's easy to cast away your confidence? We get distracted. Something catches our eye. Some, some doubt comes in and it, and it distracts us from the promise. And God says, do not throw away your confidence. Don't lose sight of me. There's Peter. He steps out of the boat. What happens? He walked on the water. That defies any logic, gravity, science, everything. Don't you love how God defies all that? Because he actually wrote the science. He actually created history. I always laugh at this whole thing about, anyway, God's the one that did it all. Anyway, I could say some things here, but maybe that's not a good idea. But Peter took his eye off of Christ, and he put his eye on what? The wind, the waves. And maybe you've been on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific. Those waves are pretty intimidating. I mean, crazy intimidating. So when we take our eyes off of who he is, we will cast away our confidence. I, I just want to say, I'm excited to be alive in these days. You know why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's going to do a great work. He is doing a great work. I believe there will be a great harvest in Frederick. And we see it already. And you know what it is? It's going to take crazy, simple faith that says, I'm not going to be naturally minded. I'm going to anticipate something from God. And I'm just going to just, just trust him at his word. You said it, I believe it. Therefore, that settles it. Isn't that good? And it's like the devil can give all the logic and do the wagging tongue and do the, all the reasonable chatter and we can say you know what we're our expectations in the lord amen, amen. all right so the centurion had anticipation he waited on god and then he began to walk in faith all right let's look at hebrews 11 here for a minute how are you doing you good for another 10 minutes or so 20 minutes do i hear 30 10 minutes okay here we go all right I'm having fun. It's almost like watching you sing. It's like, it's like you just have a good, you just enjoy the Lord. Okay. Look at Hebrews 11 for a minute, verse 13. I love reading Hebrews 11. When you get discouraged, 
read Hebrews 11. It's so encouraging. I mean, literally, it raises, raises us out of the doldrums, right? Natural thinking is so... Oh, it's like eating cotton balls. It just, it's just not good. You, just, you, ever, you ever have dry mouth? <laughs> I mean, it just, you get all sticky, you know? You get all messed up, right? Faith is so valuable. Okay, these all died in faith, not receiving the promise, but having seen them afar off, they were assured They embraced them. They confessed them. That's powerful. Saw them. Okay, they saw them. That was the evidence. They, um, em- they confessed them. They embraced them. They were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who would say such thing, declare plainly they seek a homeland, and truly they had called to mind the country from which they'd come out. Notice what they, notice what happened. So God gave them a promise. They had died without seeing the promise. It, it reminds me of a guy that prayed for his best friend for 54 years for his salvation. I always think of this. I probably said it a few times, but I like it. 54 years he prayed for his 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 friend to get saved. So he dies and his friend doesn't get saved, but his friend comes to the to the funeral service and gets saved at his buddy's funeral. Isn't that good? So he gets saved at his buddy's funeral, okay? God is not asleep at the wheel. He's not. He is working. God is hearing you and I. He really is. And we have anticipation as we walk in faith that he will do it his perfect way. <laughs> so these, these dear ones here, these our church fathers, our, our, we see these amazing men and women of God in the Bible they died and they did not see the, the fruition of their faith. But guess what? They believed it anyway. They embraced it anyway. They confessed it anyway. They declared it anyway. Well, if you read, wow, verse 23, all the way over to the end of the chapter, you see amazing instances. Look at verse 27. They endured seeing him who is invisible. Isn't that good? How are we going to survive these days? How are we going to thrive in these days? How are we going to grow in these days? Not by watching the news and studying the news, even though we watch and stay informed. But I want to be in my Bible. I want to be on on the streets. I want to be talking to my neighbor. Hey, God is in control in Afghanistan. God is in control in the United States of America. God is in control in Washington, D.C., <laughs> in the belly of the beast. It's serious. He got nothing it goes without his permission. All right, look at this here in 32. Uh, 30, the walls of Jericho fall. 32, look at this. You want to read some fun verses? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon of Barak and Samson of Japheth and David the Samuel of prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, uh, turned to fight the armies of demons, or aliens, really demons. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. 
that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mocking and scourging and, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in, uh, sawn in two. Yikes, that's not a good way to go. Were tempted, were slain with a sword, wandered about with sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. <laughs> that sounds exciting, doesn't it? But God, right? Okay. Michael here, I love your faith. That's beautiful. Lord, I don't want that, you know? Okay. It's amazing. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. All of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. So think about this. We who have received the promise, you and I, we have a unique opportunity, like this centurion. Yes. Lord, say the word in my family. Say the word in my personal life. Say the word to my neighbor who is fighting against me. Say the word. Say the word. Let the, let the written, uh, the logos, the living word, speak his living word. Okay. All right. So we're going to close here. 1 Peter 1.13. How you doing? Awesome. First Peter 1.13. Listen, if I walk in wonder, my life will have a divine perspective. If I walk by natural means, we'll have a lot to complain about. We'll have a lot to fear. We'll have a lot to cast away our confidence because of good reason. God is saying, don't take your eyes off off of me. Don't take your eyes off the ball. You know what happens when you take your eyes off the ball? Yeah, or you get hit in the head, right? That's true. All right. So, okay. First Peter 1.13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope upon grace. That it, be, that it be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Where's our hope today? It's found, it's resting in grace and found in Jesus. It's amazing. Okay? This centurion, I believe, had such confidence in God that he was fine if God answered his prayer or not. He was just there in the moment with God. There's another passage in Matthew 15. Remember the woman that also asked for God to move? And he said, I want to read that real quick because I think that's worth our, our time. Matthew 15, look at this real quick. I'm going kind of long. But you're such good listeners. Uh, is it Matthew 15? Oh, I wrote it down here. Da, 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 da. Yes, I have it right here. I want to read it. It's the breadcrumbs, right? The woman that said, yes, that is, I wrote it down, but it's not in my mind. Somebody see that? Matthew 15. Yes, 21. So, okay, here's a Canaanite woman. 
crying out, Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her, not a word. Whoa, imagine that. You ever, you ever have a conversation with somebody and don't even answer them? That's like kind of a test, isn't it? Jesus did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out against us. And he said unto her, I was not set except to the lost sheep of Israel. Okay? Then she came and worshipped him. Lord, help me. Look at her response. Her expectation was in him. And I love this statement. Is it not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs? It's like, God, I know you can do this. And her faith was in God. You know what he did? He said the same thing again in 28. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as your desire. He had not yet seen the same principle, not seen the same faith that he'd seen in all of Israel in this woman. So just to kind of close tonight, where's our expectation? Where's our expectation? It's, in a, it's above, right? In his faithfulness. Okay, and don't forget this. The evidence of absence is not the absence of evidence, right? God is with you. Yes, amen. So as we pray, as we are like that centurion that says, God, my only hope is you. Do all that's in your heart, Lord. Amen. And we're going to see the impossible things happen. You know, Jesus, when he was in his hometown, he couldn't do many miracles. You know why? People were living in unbelief. They were so familiar with him. But you know what? Jesus has promised you'll do greater things than I, as in quantity. You will do more things than I've done. And I want to have that expectation. I believe we do have that expectation. I know we do. And as we look at these next months ahead of us, Saturday, let's believe God for great things. Amen. And um, let's just say, God, nothing's impossible. Amen. Lord, thank you tonight. Father, thank you tonight that we have a great need, and no, no need is too great. There is no distance that's too far. And Lord, we wait on you tonight. And our hope is in you. And whatever you choose to do, we're going to believe and not walk in natural thinking. And Lord, help us to uh, tap into confessing, embracing and seeing the promises afar off, and then rejoicing as they're fulfilled in your perfect time. Lord, keep us from casting away our confidence, Lord. Keep us from that, Lord. We just believe that you can do it according to your will. So, Lord, bless, bless each one here tonight. Bless those that are listening online. Bless uh, Pastor Dennis and Kaylee, the church here. Each one, just pour out your spirit. Draw your people as we celebrate you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.